following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hey, good day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiorda, and we are hiding here in Phoenix, Arizona. We are here for Phoenix Fan Fusion. It used to be called Phoenix Comic Con. I still call it Phoenix Comic Con. I don't know why. How are you doing, Bear? I still call it Phoenix. <laughs> I still call it Phoenix Comic Con. If it helps. And uh, yeah, we're at the MC Suites in Phoenix, California, and we're actually uh, we're Phoenix, separate. California? We're entirely different rooms now. Phoenix, California. Oh, oh my goodness. Phoenix, Arizona. That's how much of a California guy I am. Everything's in California. It doesn't matter where you are. New York, California. Uh, Sydney, California. Everything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, not everything's in California. What is it with you? Not everything is in California. <laughs> it was a severe lack of sleep, but also a ton of caffeine. That's how we function on a day-to-day basis. Not usually. Usually you get sleep. I'm having, i got to say, it's really, really weird. We don't have a normal setup. I'm used to having all of our gear. And uh, I, I love the hotel we're in, but I'm telling you, I can't... Um, I'm not sure what to do. I'm I'm talking at my phone, and I'm like, this is amazing. It's making well, you know, noise. Just, I have ADD, so it's distracting me. I'm just grateful the phones function for what we need to do. It's incredible what technology today can uh, can accomplish. I actually learned, I learned recently that you can augment Wikipedia on your own, for that matter. You can't. You just learned that. Listen, I punch people. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hip on everything going on the interwebs. Just put someone in front of me to hit, you, and I'm good. You, well, yeah, you just used the term hip. I think you've lost all credibility. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with the in crowd, or whatever the kids call it these days. Yeah, you're hip. You're down. You got the 411. That's what it is, the 411. Got to keep Dude, it on the down low. You can't <laughs> let anyone know. It'll cramp, it'll cramp my style. Mm. So we have a lot going on this weekend. Uh, we've had a lot of serious stuff going on in the news. There's been the shooting in Texas, which is just heartbreaking. I don't even don't even want to touch that. The, the, the shooting in awful. Buffalo, which then inspired the shooting in Texas, it's just it's been horrible. Yeah, it's not been a good run. Not been a good run. No, and then uh, we have can can going on on a lighter note, which is great. Except I went to send a package to my old boss, and the postal service overnighted it, and he didn't get it for three weeks. It's waiting for him when he gets back from can. I was supposed to send it beforehand. I'm sorry, are you waiting for him to get back from where? Can can film festival? That's like the big thing in Hollywood right now. 
Oh, I'm so I'm really happy you know all this stuff. You keep me well up to date all the time. Then I is it bad that you never heard of Cannes? Did I say it right? Is it Cannes? Cannes Film Festival. Cannes Film Festival. You right there. Okay. Overnighted and it took three weeks. Well, you know what? The way Amazon runs its company, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked that those you know overworked, overstressed it, it drivers of the team bottles just aren't meeting their quotas. It wasn't sent through uh, Amazon. That's the worst of it. Not that Amazon's doing great there. And then we've had some real weirdness in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, which is just more depressing stuff. I think it's all depressing stuff lately. You know, I, here's the thing. With all the news coming out, and, is, and it has been recently, and I got a theory about this, it's slowly turning to more and more sad or disgusting or violent news that is being that we're hearing about or learning about or that's actually happening for us to see on the front page because that is what is intriguing to us. No one, we're not astonished as much anymore by the nice, polite, fun stories unless it's something like, you know, a, a kid rescuing a kitten from a burning house. Well, yes, wholesome, but the house was still on fire. There was still danger. And so I think it's kind of what we want to see in the news media these days. We're wanting to see the more, uh, not necessarily, maybe even less threatened, on the edge. In Hollywood and in news, they say if it bleeds, it leads. And and it shows. It shows. I mean, hell, Amber Heard's lawyers have been bleeding out in the courtroom the entire trial. and People are still dead set on watching this one from start to finish. I don't know why. She's such a train wreck. Well, that's exactly why her lawyers are struggling. They're, they have so little to work with that they're dr- grasping at straws everywhere. I mean, did you happen to catch that last guy they put on? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if it was for cross-examination or, re- or redirect, but they put this, they put this uh, expert witness on standing. He's supposed to be a, a, psychol- a psychiatrist, a psychologist. And he admitted that he analyzed Johnny Depp's behavior for his interaction with Amber Heard purely by being movies. He learned how Johnny Depp acts on a day-to-day basis based on Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, it's, it's a winning moment for humanity. But again, you know what? They're just, they're just grasping at straws in this one. And, of course, it doesn't help that you got everything Johnny does becoming a viral moment, everything Johnny's lawyer does. Becoming, if Johnny Depp's lawyer just smirks at Amber Heard or her team, it's viral. So I think the problem is, and something we should all consider, um, Johnny Depp, and I'm going to get lampooned for this, I know it, Johnny Depp was an awful husband. Like, he was a straight-up terrible husband. But do you know how bad a wife you have to be to lose the moral high ground against a guy that spent your whole marriage high? Yeah, I'll give you that one. There's some, there are some very low points in that relationship that Johnny can uh, take full responsibility for here. But she pooped in the bed. Yeah, one, but like I said, do you know how low you have to be for Johnny Depp, who was high the whole marriage, to take the high ground? I mean, you're right. Let's say that being absolutely blown out of your mind, the entire relationship is rock bottom. She found a way to dig past the bedrock. Yep. That's not a high bar. Like, how do you lose the moral high ground to a guy that was stoned your whole marriage? 
you poop in the bed and then have a really, really bad defense for all your behavior. Or, you know, just, you know, do all the bad behavior in general. I think that's it. And I think when it comes down to it, the thing we have to ask ourselves is, why? Like, he, he was with Vanessa Paradis. She was lovely. He was with Kate Moss for an extended period. Like, for all your exes to be coming out of the woods and be like, he was a great boyfriend. Till he left me for someone else. That's like the story all of these women have. <laughs> Is he was a great boyfriend till he left me for someone else. And then he's Amber Heard. He's a monster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And speaking of Kate Moss, I love how she came out on the trial since we're still on that topic and flat out uh, called Amber Heard a liar. Like just, Right out, right out the gate, Johnny Depp never pushed me downstairs. That's been one of Amber Heard's main points for the longest time, especially when it came to convincing people about uh, her own physical abuse when with Johnny. I think the thing that saddens me most about it, about this whole situation, is they have played into every single horrible Hollywood stereotype. Like, I turn around to people, and I say, no, 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 we're not monsters. No, we're not all addicts. No, we're not all self-centered, you know, we're not all narcissistic assholes. And then here comes Johnny Depp and Amber Heard to prove me wrong. <laughs> no, that case is not meant for cocaine, but I'm sure it could hold some cocaine in it. <laughs> it's called a silver box. Exposing. Uh, come again? It's called a silver box. It's called the See, there's a name for it. That's how you know it happens. You are really, really judgy for a guy that's not doing cocaine in Hollywood. I'm really, that's fair. You're, you're absolutely right. I, maybe I'm being a little too hard on the cokeheads of Hollywood. I, if you're out there listening, I apologize. Now, all of that being said, uh, you're out here and you're training. You have a fight coming up July 8th. So while you're out here, you still have to train. Where are you going to train and what are you doing? Uh, I'm training at the MMA lab, and I'm working with uh, their fight team in preparation for my upcoming bout uh, tomorrow between 10 and 2 p.m. It's a four-hour stint there, and I, I couldn't be more excited for it, mainly because I get to punch new people, and they get to punch me, too, which always makes me very happy. Um, but I'm just looking forward you to like being out there and getting some work in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want a job where I get punched in the face. I'm just saying. That being said, I've been punched in the face on set, so I guess I can't say much. It's more of a side effect of your job than, like, written into the standards <laughs> of what has to happen, though. Yeah. But I, I do have to look at the uh, Johnny Depp and the Hood case. I'm like, it is the worst of, like, old-school Hollywood coming out. I'm like, oh, come on. We tried to clean up our reputation. We tried to pretend we're good guys. We even got rid of Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein who I ironically defended because he was really nice to me. Yeah, really, really happy you behavior. did a double take on that one. Um, once, it, once I realized all the problems that were there. All right, guys, we are going to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with McDojo Live. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hey, man, I figured last time we were on, I, I, we didn't get to any anybody else's questions, so I figured we could try to do that. <laughs> G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora, and our very, very special guest, Ross from the Dojo Life. Now, I know he was saying, and I'm sure you guys heard him, we did not get to a lot of your questions last time. We will this time, I promise, at least a few of them until I get sidetracked. Rob, welcome. What up? Hopefully, y'all are doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Well, thank you very, very much for coming on. Everyone loves when you come on. They always have questions. And the biggest one we get is, when is your documentary coming out? That's a solid question. But I do have some fantastic news I didn't have last time. So um, it was about two weeks ago. Our uh, director was able to get us in contact with a major um, agency, talent agency. It's actually one of the top three talent Mm -hmm. agencies in the world. And uh, we are now officially being represented by them. And they are going to start uh, because the cans just got done, like not that long ago. So because the cans were mm-hmm. going on during that time, uh, they decided they were just going to kind of wait to start pushing out, uh, uh, setting up, trying to sell our film. Um, and so now they're going to start pushing our film next week. So next week they're going to start trying to go around and shop the film. That's awesome. Yeah, Cannes is a really so. big one. It's, it's the biggest film market in Hollywood. I, uh, I had to send something to my old boss, actually, right before Cannes, and it didn't show up, so I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I do enjoy Cannes, though. Now, I'm going to ask you, what is the thing you are most excited for people to see in your documentary? Um, in all honesty, I think the, the big thing for me is for people to see that these places are real. Um, there's a lot of, I guess you could say, misinterpretation online because of how crazy the people that I post really seem that it almost comes off like a skit or a bit, like it's not real. But these people really exist. They really have cults. They really have followings. And on some instances, 
they have followings on a mass scale, like hundreds of thousands of followers around the world. And uh, people, like even today, I showed a Sistema instructor, um, one of the figureheads of Sistema, actually, and he's, like, blowing his air on people and they're falling over. <laughs> and he was doing a seminar on doing how to do this. And, uh, you know, people out there were like, there's no way that's real. That's got to be a skit. Like, no, it was, it was cut from an hour and a half uh, DVD training uh, thing that he put out. <laughs> so it's like this is stuff he really believes that he could do to people, and it's absolutely insane. So I'm really looking forward to showing people, like, look, these places really exist. It's not just a bit. Does, like does the blowing on people technique breath? require you to not brush your teeth? I would hope in real, like, reality that's probably how that works. <laughs> and in this particular <laughs> skit, it just sounds like he's, you know, conning people in with, uh, with basic mentalism. Um, it's not difficult to fool people that much. And I think that a lot of people feel they can't be conned or fooled. And those are the easiest people to con and fool. Yeah. Oh, I remember us talking about that. Those who are not self-aware of what could actually happen when you're speaking with a really good con man. Yeah, because you, you assume that there's no way you could possibly be taken advantage of. Meanwhile, you're being taken advantage of. Um, people who have already had that happen to them are less likely to fall victim of a cult or a cult leader or a guru or a mentor who's taking advantage of them if they've already had it happen to them. Because now they're on their toes. You know, it's then they're done that. It's kind of like when you walk into, like, you ever watch uh, back in the day, um, what was that show called, Home Improvement with Tim Allen? And, like, every oh, yeah. day he would, <laughs> he would walk down to his garage and nail that pipe that was right there at the steps. Every time he'd go into his garage, he'd just hit it with his head. Um, and it was like a running bit on the show. Well, like, most people don't do that. Most people, after they've been hit in the head with the pipe the first time, they duck. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah. Tim Allen would be like that character who would just keep running his head into the pipe. <laughs> so I think that's the equivalent of people who refuse to believe that they could be conned. I like that. Uh, I, think yeah, that's, that's I think that's a really good way of looking at it. I, now, I, one of the questions we commonly get is what got you into doing this? That's the first one we just got in now. What got you into doing this? For anyone that doesn't know, he debunks and talks about bad martial artists, bad martial arts schools, and puts all, uh, out, all of that out there. I think I just gave a really bad description. You know, it's close enough. I call out fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles in the martial arts industry. Um, but then again, I'm used to saying it. <laughs> so, um, but just getting into it, you know, was something that just naturally came. I actually had a conversation with a student. I was a, at the time, I was a striking coach at this jiu-jitsu academy that I was attending. But I was also a blue belt, like, assistant, so I would help out with classes and stuff when I could. And uh, the instructor called in sick one day. Uh, he said, hey, man, would you do me a favor and teach the class? I had no problem filling in for the day. After that, one of the, we all, the students just kind of hung around, and we were shooting the shit. Um, and then as we were chit-chatting, uh, one of the students didn't know the, the topic, which was McDojo. So after everyone left, he pulled me back to the side, and he said, hey, man, I'm a little embarrassed. It's only my second day. What's a McDojo? And I explained it to him, and he said, why doesn't anybody do anything about that? And uh, I was like, that's a good-ass question. And so the next, that night, I just went home, and I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I started doing a lot of research. And there really wasn't, at the time, a lot of avenues or anyone really doing anything about it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do that. And so uh, the next day, I started to make Dojo Life. 
I and love you that. really so have become the authority <laughs> behind that. Like, like as far um, as I'm sorry, I mean, go, maybe. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. Like I didn't mean to cut you off. I think like every time we're on the show, there's like a slight delay, so I like always try to leave a little pause. Um, so if I ever talk <laughs> over, I really apologize. Um, but yeah, like I don't know if I'm the authority. I think that people do look to me for answers for certain questions. A lot of people do send me a lot of things. I don't think that I should be the authority. I think that the community should come together and we should self-regulate as a, as a, as a team. Um, it's something that affects all of us, whether we like it or not. And that old analogy of one bad fruit will spoil the bunch is a fucking fact. And so when you look at like, yep. one martial arts instructor who rapes a kid, Next thing you know, there's 10 and 15 and 30. Then it's happening every week, which is what happens now. And then people just kind of ignore it. And it's like, that's our fault. We as a community are allowing this to happen because we're accepting the behavior because we're turning a blind eye. And we shouldn't be. We should be pissed the fuck off. We should be stepping up and standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves, which is the entire point of martial arts. And yet, for some reason... We as a community go, well, if we just worry about ourselves and our students, then everything will be okay. No, the fuck it won't. Like, that affects all of us, and we should all take a stand against this shit. When we see somebody like Cyborg over at Fight Sports, and he is enabling a fucking rapist to continue, a pedophile rapist, mind you, to continue to come around students, one of those students being the person who was raped, and just be okay with that, we should all be pissed off about that. That story made the New York Times, and... For some reason in the community, people just allow this motherfucker to just walk around like everything's okay. I mean, I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware of that until this conversation. Holy hell. Yeah, it was yeah, a, there was a, there was a, uh, I don't remember if he was a coach or a student off the top of my head, so I apologize, but he molested a 16-year-old girl at Fight Sports, um, one of the Fight Sports because it's a franchise. Uh, but when that happened, he was directly at the school Cyborg was, the, the leader of. And after that happened, the guy was caught. Cyborg excommunicated him from the school. And then not too long after that was allowing the guy to come back into his facility. And the, the girl who was molested was still attending classes there. And it was just kind of ignored. Like it was okay. And it's not, it's fucking not. When we have people like Lloyd Irvin and the scams and the schemes that were going on over there, and he's still out there today. No one seems to give a shit. Like, it's absolutely astonishing to me how many horrific people are figureheads in this industry, and we just keep turning a blind eye. It's like, what happened to honor and integrity and respect? All of that is a thin veil of bullshit, because those people are taking advantage of those words that mean absolutely nothing to them. You know, I, I've been thinking about this for a hot minute, and I really can't find a decent answer for it. So I want to ask you, Rob. Why do you think that assault of all things is so rampant among, uh, among martial arts and, and McDojos alike? Um, you said assault? Yeah, whether it be pedophilia, or sexual, sexual assault, assault. Does, anything like that. Sexual yeah. assault. Um, I think it's the power dynamic. Um, I think there's something that happens when you walk into a martial arts studio that doesn't really happen too many other places. So when you walk into a martial arts facility... The first thing you do is you admit you don't know something. That has to be step one. I don't know how to defend myself. So you go and seek someone who does. And so when you go there, you're automatically giving that person authority over you the moment you walk into the building. 
Because if you don't, it'll be very difficult for you to learn anything. So you're saying, I need you to be in charge of me during this particular hour, two hours, however long you're training. You're in charge, whether you're a coach, Tifu, sensei, whatever your title may be. And then once that happens, you've kind of given up a little bit of your authority because you've already given it to them. And then after that, you have to admit another thing. That person's better at fighting than you. <laughs> like, that's supposed to be the point, right? Having a coach who's not as good or as knowledgeable about the particular topic you're trying to learn doesn't make you better at it. You need people who are better than you. Just like you need sparring partners who could beat you or at least challenge you. You need people on the mat who could submit you, out-wrestle you, take you down. You have to have those people in order to get better. If you're always the best, you will never get better, if that makes sense. And so once right. you put that authority in someone else's hands, the next thing is you're saying, all right, I'm giving you authority, and I know you can kick my ass. So it makes it a lot more difficult for people like children, for instance, or people with no, no confidence or no self-esteem to speak up for themselves when shit goes bad because you've already admitted to two things, and you already know that you might not have the best confidence before you start martial arts. So you're basically just tossing yourself at the will and the mercy of the instructor. Um, we forget that it's just a skill we're paying for. It's a service. It's just like anything else. I would never give that authority to anyone else. I wouldn't give it to my barber. I wouldn't give it to my dentist. I wouldn't give it to the fucking cashier. I wouldn't give it to anyone else. So why do we give so much authority and power to people like that? Simply because their skill is they could beat people up. Like you go to any prison in the world, you'll find people who could beat people up. I wouldn't necessarily respect them, <laughs> you know? But for some reason in martial arts, we go, that's the end-all be-all. He can kick people's ass, so he has to be in charge. He has to be a good person. Like, what the fuck kind of standard is that? It's not. It shouldn't be. Do you think the lack of regulation um, coupled with, I mean, you've got the authority problem, you have a lack of regulation, and you have an almost cult-like mentality. No offense, Jared. But you've you got to admit, your whole Taekwondo-y thing and your whole Jiu-Jitsu-y thing and your whole MMA, it's, it's pretty culty. Um, oh, it, it, even in a martial <laughs> art like, or in a system like mixed martial arts where you don't necessarily have belts, you don't necessarily have the same level of sir-ma'am kind of militarism in it, it's very, very culty. You can have the best coaches in the world but can still act very much like a cult leader or a religious figurehead no matter what. Absolutely. Do you think? And uh, do you think? Just a, sorry. Go ahead. I'm. I apologize. Like I said, the delay. <laughs> go ahead. No. No. Do you think the cult aspect and the fact that you have to bow and kind of do all of that plays into it? I think maybe in some way. I think the big deal is understanding whether or not your coach is or your instructor, or whatever you'd like to call them has your best interest in mind or their best interest in mind. I think that's the only real difference between a martial arts academy, a religion, and a cult. A religion, the, the religious leader's goal is to teach you about the religion, which is supposed to better you in some way. The, uh, the martial arts instructor's job is to teach you martial arts, which, again, is supposed to better you in some way. The cult leader, no matter what he decides to, to run a cult under, whether it be religion, politics, money, martial arts, it doesn't matter what it is, the cult leader's job is specifically to better themselves. They don't care about you. It's all about them. And if you look at any major cult ever, it always trickles up to the cult leader to better them. You know, like, for instance, if you look at what happened in Waco, Texas, that particular cult, that cult leader convinced every one of the congregation there 
that it was a sin to have sex. And the only person in the cult who should be having sex was him. And he was doing it as a favor to everybody, a part of the congregation, as a martyr. And so he convinced everybody in the cult that he was the only one allowed to have sex. So he had sex and had multiple children with almost every woman involved in that cult. Um, and so if you look at that from an outsider point of view, the only person that worked out for was him. <laughs> That's it. And so you can kind of see, like, even in martial arts, if it's only better as the instructor or the figurehead, it's a cult. I can see that. Guys, we are going to break. When we come back, we are going to be on, of course, with my co-host, Bear Theodor, the baddest bear in the cage with a shoulder injury right now. If you're fighting him tomorrow, please remember to poke him in his right shoulder. And, of course, a very, very special guest, <laughs> Rob from Nick Dojo Life. I'm Summer Helene. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. We need to start recording what's discussed between segments. i got to tell you the most interesting stuff. I hear when uh, Rob from Nick Dojo Life is talking with Bear is, is all the stuff be- between the scenes. And I actually almost heard Bear cringe when he was talking about someone punching a wall because he's got all this soft tissue damage in his hand, so he didn't even like to bump them. <laughs> G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm yours, Summer Helene. We are on with my very special guest, Rob from Nick Dojo Life. Go check him out. Go follow him. You can follow him, find him on Nick Dojo Life everywhere. We put up links. Follow him, follow him, follow him. He is wonderful, especially if you want to do martial arts. You'll learn more from him about who to avoid and what not to do before you get into a school and you will from anyone else. It's very, very important. And, of course, my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage who doesn't even like to bump his 
little, I, I, you call the toes piggies. I don't know what your four fingers are, all, his little phalange. Uh, Bear Fjorda. <laughs> why, why are you so sensitive about your hands, Bear? Well, I'm sensitive about my hands, really, because they're so damaged after years of punching them properly for not knowing any better that I just try and protect them every way possible. And it, it does make me a little bit uh, overcautious, I think, at times. <laughs> that's true. Now, that's something I want to ask you about, Rob. Uh, yep, go ahead. Hello? Rob? Yeah, I'm here, man. I was I thought I thought oh. y'all were like having a conversation thing. I was just letting it ride. <laughs> oh no, no. Uh do you, after all the years you've done martial arts, do you have any bumps or bruises that have stuck with you? Oh my god, yes. Um I have two scars <laughs> under my right eye. Um one is from a spinning elbow I got in a kickboxing match, which was completely illegal because elbows were not allowed at the time in that particular match. Um, and so that was pretty brutal. I could actually see my cheekbone through it, which was pretty fucking dope. You have a war scars, man. <laughs> and then uh, I have another one, which is right under that, which was uh, a guy named Kuba Kazuba. And you guys will definitely see him because he just got recently picked up. And he's probably one of the most talented fighters I've ever sparred. And we were having like a garage session. It was only like me and like three other dudes on like in someone's garage just sparring. And he fainted a right cross and I went to go slip. And as I go to slip, his foot was already on the way to my eye and I just ran right into it. And it just completely sliced me open. Um, and so that one's a pretty, that's worth it. I'll take that. <laughs> um, and then my right foot, I've broken every toe, but the middle toe on my right foot the top knuckle isn't even connected. So like I had an x-ray of it and it's just like free floating. <laughs> it's just always been that way. Um, I kicked someone in the head wrong years back in the kickboxing tournament and I broke and it just never set, never healed. So I just left it. Um, but those, I guess are my, uh, my, my bigger ones. <laughs> that's, that's rough. That's like, he's like, those are my bigger ones. Like what? You have a free floating toe? Yeah, it's just kind of like chilling. <laughs> I took some guy's head off, but at the cost of my toe. <laughs> I don't need that toe. I got all the other ones. <laughs> I got nine more. I'll flip upside down, walk on my hands. <laughs> it's amazing. Now, when you started doing this, when you first got into it, did you think there was as much corruption as there was? in the martial arts industry? God, no. <laughs> like, I didn't have a clue. I thought I'd be out of a job in, like, a couple months. Like, I didn't even know if I had a couple months' worth of material. And then it just kept going, and then I kept finding, like, all these, like, stories that made national news. And people just kind of, they kind of like any, any other bad news. There's so much of it nowadays that people just kind of blaze over whenever you talk about bad news. Um, you know, I remember back in the day that if there was like a school shooting, people would freak out like it was a big deal. And now, like there were over 355 people in Chicago who had been shot and killed this year alone. Um, and yep. so people just kind of glaze over bad news. And so I'm going through and I'm picking up all these stories of like bad news that people just kind of glaze over. And but my thing is, it's very niche. Um, so I really thought that I would run out of material, but. 
every day I wake up and I hear about something else. I just found out about a story I'm going to be covering soon. It happened in Brazil, and a martial arts instructor literally was cannibalizing people, but he also ran a restaurant, so he was taking some of that meat and feeding it to people at his restaurant. Please tell me you're joking. No, that's a, that's a you're not. true story. That is a real story. So somebody sent me that a couple days ago, so I have to go back because it's in, it's in Portuguese. So I have to go back and translate all the articles. But from what I've translated already, 100% credible, this really happened. God. Yeah. So, <sighs> so a martial arts instructor has gone full Hannibal Lecter and apparently surfaced and surfed people to other people. Yeah, and this was like a few years ago, so this isn't even a new story. Do you do you think there's a point like where you think it just can't get any worse? Like what happened in Thailand? You're like it just because I know we talked about that last time. I don't want to go back into it, guys. If you want to hear it, go listen to the old show because it is the most depressing story. We ended with it, <laughs> <laughs> and it is a downer. Um, but do, do you ever get to the bottom and you're like, "Ha! Huh, I've reached the bottom. It just can't get any worse." And now you're at people eating people. I, I kind of just stopped assuming that it won't get worse. <laughs> like, you know, every time I see something that I was like, that's got to be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I am proven wrong, usually like a week or two later. <laughs> um, so, you know, at this point, I've just kind of accepted the fact that people are going to be huge pieces of garbage. And those people who are huge pieces of garbage are typically looking for positions of power. And there's almost no easier place to get immediate position of power than a martial arts studio. Like, it's almost like as soon as you open up your school and call yourself a professor, black belt, whatever, you immediately get authority over everyone in the room. Um, and it's, it's really interesting that certain cultures put that in such a way where it's automatically culty. Like, for instance, I think we talked about this before, the term crianche or crianche, um, which in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a very common term for a traitor. But it's like ingrained in a little bit of the Brazilian subculture to where if you try to go train at another facility and the coach that you have is very traditional and they're Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that you're automatically excommunicated from the gym. That's what cults do, <laughs> you know? That's the cultiest thing I've ever heard. It's ridiculous. How are you supposed to get better if you can't train with other schools? Like, I, I don't know about everyone, but I know, like, Bad bounces from gym. Like, he, he has his main gym. But whenever we travel, he goes to other gyms. He does all of that so he can get beat up by other people. <laughs> well, I'm sure he beats up other oh, yeah. people as well. <laughs> yes, but I don't I, like I, telling I, anyone I that's hot. <laughs> I, I, I surprise them on occasion. Uh, like, like this time I'm going to MMA lab where Sean O'Malley trains and a few other top-level pros are training. I'm, I'm, I might, might turn some eyeballs, who knows, or I might be a punching bag for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> only time will tell. <laughs> But, you know, even, man, in, even, in, <laughs> even in my valley, like even in the Coachella Valley, a tiny area in, in SoCal, in, in the smallest city there, you know, which tends to be where these things pop up in my imagination, where there's just not a lot of coverage, you, you got a guy who, who simply is like, you know, you go to a different gym, you're out no matter what. It, that's the bottom line. Don't come back. We had a guy from his gym come to my nonprofit, and we didn't know he was trying to do martial arts. We didn't know anything about him. He just he walked by. But when we offered him to come take a look, uh, he wouldn't take an inch inside the door. He wouldn't even come up to the pavement in front of the door, in front of the door handle, because he was too afraid that if he did, he'd be dropped from that school. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's sad. That is so sad, and that's the kind of cult-like mentality I'm talking about. 
And what's really strange about that is a lot of people have accepted that cult mentality as the standard when they don't know it's not because they're not allowed to go to other gyms. So they don't know that other gyms are okay with you training other places, you know? That's true. You get stuck because there's no way for you to find out. You wouldn't probably wouldn't even think to Google it because it's supposed to be what it is. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Like, and what's even crazier is like when there are certain behaviors that people think are traditional when they're truly not. Like, for instance, in Indonesian Salat, um, Salat itself was around in that area before the Muslim religion was there. Um, and so Indonesian Salat, the art itself with the techniques and what's provided for you um, has nothing to do with the Muslim religion at all. But if you go there now, there are a lot of schools, a lot, I would say even the majority of schools that have incorporated the Muslim religion. I think we talked about this before um, on the last show yeah. where they'll believe in things we, we like do. eating glass or, you know, because like, and then when I call people out for eating glass, like not just glass, but fluorescent light bulbs full of mercury that will kill you, <laughs> um, poison you, then they're like, oh, why are you making fun of the culture? I'm like, fluorescent light bulbs weren't around when you established the lot, stupid. <laughs> they didn't exist. It can't be a part of the culture. <laughs> so they've mixed Islam into Salat and then decided it's witchcraft? Yeah, they were just all of a sudden, they were like, all right, this is our history now. This is how we're our, our, this is how our tradition is. It's like, no, that's not traditional at all. It was incorporated after the Muslim religion was brought into the area. And then cult leaders took advantage of that and started incorporating things like Tanaga Dalam, which translates to inner power, where they believe they can just knock people back with their hands, or Ilmu Ludani, Laduni, sorry, where they believe that they can just wave their hand in front of somebody and will literally freeze them in place like a statue, and they can't move. Like, it's the craziest stuff, and it has nothing to do with Salat. But a lot, of these cult, a lot of these cult leaders are using that to take advantage of the, I guess you could say, the less fortunate in the area. So these guys think they're piccolo. Like, that, that's, that's how far this has gone. They, they got the psychic oh. powers. <laughs> they I'm got, just saying, I like, mean, the sound of people have watched too much Dragon Ball Z. It's a little bit of that. Even stuff like there's a there's a, a, a Chintia Chassandra or something like that, and she's got like a couple million followers on YouTube. She was able to use uh, like I guess you could say movie magic, like green screen effects, to make people truly mm -hmm. believe that they could like cut through a metal pole and leave the pole intact, and that uh, the sword would slice right through it, like like a ghost. It would just phase through this metal pole, and people really believe it. And then like I've recreated. Excuse me, I recreated it with a green screen, which is very easy to do. Done the exact mm -hmm. same thing and showing people, like, look, clearly she's not doing this. She's also, they also do things like, you know, pushing their hand out as if they're using the force and break a bottle across the room. Clearly a magic trick, but they, you know, they convince these people in those countries that that's a real thing. And it's absolutely insane. She has a stunt credit on IMDb for being a part of Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, that, uh, that Marvel movie. So she was able to lie mm -hmm. her way, manipulate people all the way into a, a position as a Hollywood stunt person. It's insane to me. Hollywood, I, I got to defend my industry a little bit here, and it's not going to be a good defense, but hear me out. We're stupid. And if somebody has a following, <laughs> that's, we'll that's the we'll... defense. We don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think that's a fair defense. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to jump back for a, a for, oh summer. Go ahead. No, no, you guys okay, keep going. Great. I'm just I'm, I'm sitting here despairing my industry. <laughs> Grand, grand. <laughs> I want to jump back for a moment because we, we briefly touched on it, mentioning traditional martial arts. What I think that's also an, an addition to a lot of these cults around martial arts itself is like, you know, this old forgotten way of doing this, this long past secret that no one talks about, this ancient Chinese, uh, Korean, Japanese move that no one has ever found in the last 500 years. Why do you think traditional martial arts are just so... That yes, they exist, but why are they so made up in, in these okay, people's minds? Why do these some people I buy have into to that? Cut in really, I have to cut in really quickly. You know, everything you just said about, like, this old traditional martial art that works is the same thing they use in these diet ads, like this old, forgotten, traditional blah, blah, blah to lose weight. It's the same pitch. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I could see that. Um, I think the trick in the question is understanding what we would call traditional, because this is where I guess I've had debates with people because I disagree. Um, the reason I disagree is because some of the oldest martial arts are still some of the most effective martial arts. So, for instance, wrestling has been around forever, and I would consider that a combat effective art. You can use wrestling to really fuck people up. <laughs> like a high school wrestler who is <laughs> yeah. like a, a, you know, a varsity on the varsity team you know, even though that might be a 15-year-old kid, he's probably going to fuck up most dudes who have never grappled before. And so when I see, like, when I hear traditional, I automatically think of the oldest ones, which is like wrestling. Or I think of pugilism. Boxing's been around forever. You know, they used to do wrestling in the Roman times, you know, back when they call it pancreation. Um, or they used to do uh, pugilism. Same thing, you know, two people going with old Marcus of Queensberry rules or even before that were, you know, bare knuckle. So when I'm looking at traditional, I have a hard time using that word to, to call out an entire art. So like karate, for instance, has over 2,000 different versions of karate. That's a lot of different arts. Like if you look at sport karate, for instance, and you put that up against something like Kyokushin karate, they're going to look completely different. Um, and so it's really hard for me to say like traditional arts themselves are doing that. Now, I will say the old school scams that have been around forever, like the old secret technique, like, bitch, there is no secret technique. You made that shit up so you can <laughs> always have a student holding on to hoping to one day learn it. And then when they get there, it'll be just like uh, uh, fucking Kung Fu Panda. You know, Kung Fu Panda, that's the entire premise of that movie is he's trying to find the secret technique. He winds up finally getting to the mountaintop to get to the scroll. And when he opens up the scroll, it's just a shiny mirror. And he's just looking at himself and it's like, oh, I'm enlightened. No, motherfucker, you were conned. <laughs> like you were scammed, son. There is no secret technique. Like, and you think that that's some type of enlightenment. No, you just got jerked around for years. Like you should be pissed, not excited. Like, fuck you, Shifu. I see what you did, son. You're just robbing people, charging them extra. I mean, that way one day murder Shifu. Them out. <laughs> it's, like, it's fucked up. That's all I'm saying. And his, he did try to go murder him just for different reasons. <laughs> he should have been pissed off about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that was just something that was always coming interesting to me when I hear people say it's, it's always around Eastern martial arts, too. You mentioned karate, taekwondo, uh, kung fu, that people tend to buy into the whole concept of this long forgotten. Like, if you saw an ad and it said this long forgotten secret of brushing your teeth, dentist hate this man for talking about this secret of brushing your teeth. <laughs> I mean, 
you probably would think twice about it. But Eastern martial arts, you're on board right then and there. Well, you're bringing up something that I think is important. I don't just think it's Eastern. I think it's any art that's not from your region. So, like, there's this thing called the overseas promotion. And the overseas promotion is, like, let's say hypothetically somebody's in Brazil. And in Brazil, they're like a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. And then they come over to the United States to open up a school as a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Now, that's a lot harder to do in jiu-jitsu because jiu-jitsu regulates itself much better. But it's something that, that's like an example. And so when somebody does that, it's really hard to check, that, check into that. <laughs> you know, like checks and balances are more difficult. I think that's how Sistema has gotten away with what it's gotten away with. You know, people are like, oh, my God, that's what they teach the Spets not. The only motherfuckers that say that are not from Russia. <laughs> like, I have a Ukrainian <laughs> wrestling champion. Like, this dude, this Ukrainian wrestling champion that's at our, uh, our, our school now, who's a black belt now, um, his name is uh, Professor, Professor Alex Bugman. I give him that title wholeheartedly. He's earned it because he is fucking good. But, you know, he didn't even know what Sistema was until he came to the United States. <laughs> he had no clue what it was. And he had been training martial arts his entire life. And so people online go, Sistema has to be real because that's what they teach the Spetsnaz. No, you fucking idiot. That's not what they teach the Spetsnaz. What they teach the Spetsnaz <laughs> is what they teach every other military group organization on the planet, which is as much as they can. <laughs> they teach them all yep. kinds of things, not just one arch. And if anything you were going to get from Russia, you're going to get wrestling and you're going to get Sambo. Sistema is going to be the least of what they're going to be learning, I promise you. Sambo is pretty badass. Uh, we have about five minutes left to the show. I know we got we got sidetracked. There are everyone's loving, by the way. They're like, I've never heard martial artists talk about about kung fu panda. So you guys really did excite the audience with your with your <laughs> kung fu panda conversation. They're no, really we're, into that. That's we're enlightening them. We're enlightening them through the words <laughs> of kung fu panda. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna learn the secret um, technique. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob, what do you want to say to everyone out there that would want to get into martial arts? I'm going to kill you. Stop making me laugh. <laughs> um, I would say that if you're going to join martial arts, one, vet your instructors. You should be able to get a background, some type of background on your instructor, and it's all readily available online. It's not that difficult to do. Um, know what your goals are because not every martial art is for everyone. Somebody might say, hey, jiu-jitsu is the best. It might not be the best for you because your goals might not meet up with that style and what they provide at that school. And then the last thing is go to as many trial classes as you can before you sign up at a place to make sure that, one, it's helping you meet your goals, two, you're comfortable there, and the most important that people always forget, you're having fun. If it's not fun, you won't continue to train and you will suck because you won't want to practice. You won't want to be there. It will be miserable. Don't be miserable. Go to a place that's helping you reach your goals that you're having fun with. Now, I do want to give a quick shout-out and say thank you very, very, very much to Artfire. You guys can find her online, A-R-T-P-H-I-R-E. She made my hero heels. You'll see them tomorrow at Comic-Con. They're hand-painted Wonder Woman heels. They're absolutely incredible. And thank you very, very much to Embassy Suites. We are staying here in Phoenix for Phoenix Fan Fusion tomorrow. Um, I do want to say both of you guys are teachers. Both of you have, have worked with kids. Obviously, neither of you have molested them. Um, why do you think that probably shouldn't have I don't think Fuck, you need Do we that need to put that one in there? You, like, obviously, <laughs> this didn't happen. I mean, that's true. We haven't. I'm assuming on your part anyway. I'm good. <laughs> like, 
what do you think makes a good teacher? If people are reaching out for teachers, what do you think makes a good teacher? Um, empathy. I think a good teacher cares about their students above themselves and does not try to force their own agenda on their students. They don't try to force them into a peg that they don't fit in. They don't try to make them something they're not. They don't say the only, the only way to get better mm-hmm. is to compete. The only way to get better is this. They just listen to the student's goal and they help them try to reach that goal the best they can. I like that. I think that's the nicest thing I've ever heard. I, I really think that's the best way I've, I've ever heard. I think for all teachers, not just martial arts, like that just should be the teacher's thing. I'm just saying. Uh, where can everyone find you on social media, Rob? McDojo Life, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, the guy with the hat with scars on his face. So if you just look around social media, type in McDojo Life, you'll find me. Now, you've got to come back on before your film comes out. I know everyone's really, really excited about that. You've created a lot of buzz. Absolutely. And I'm getting, even when we have other guests on, I have people writing in asking when your movie is coming out. So the other guests love that so much. <laughs> they love that. Um, so I'd love to have you back on for that. Is there anything you want to say to everyone out there before we jump off? No, man. I just want to say thank you guys for the continued support and allowing me to come, come back on your show. And, you know, thank you always for having good conversations with me and, you know, listening to my bullshit. So thanks. <laughs> well, thank you for doing what you do. I know it matters a great deal. To Bear, he actually knew girls that were taken advantage of by their teachers and different things. So I know it means a great deal to him. And it means a great deal to me, too. It's nice to know that there's somebody looking out in an industry that's so unregulated. And, you know, martial arts is important. So it's nice to know that there's someone trying to help there. Absolutely. And on a a personal note for me, I feel like I learn something every time I speak with you, man. So I really appreciate having you on. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys, man. It means a lot. Keep trucking. (laughs) Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Go follow McDojo Life. Rob is fantastic. You will learn, you will laugh, you will cry a whole lot. I'm still traumatized by the, the damn judo video. Don't watch that one. It will make you cry. It made me cry. I'm Summer Helene. Thank you, of course, to my co-host, Bear Fiora, the baddest bear in the cage. You can find him at Bear Fiora everywhere, actually. And, of course, follow us on TuneIn BTS. Thank you guys for joining us this week. We'll be at Phoenix Fan Fusion uh, in Phoenix this weekend. I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety.